and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hey, everybody, and welcome back. This is a brand new episode, and I am, as ever, joined with Reagan Kemp by Reagan Kempton. Sorry, how are you? <laughs> how are you, and where are you? Uh, I am in Texas in my brother's guest room, sitting on the floor recording with really terrible light. So I don't even know if you'd be able to see my face. We can video, we can but. just about see your gorgeous face. Excellent, but yeah, it's good. I've got no kids. I've been going out a little too much this week. Um, <laughs> Is it starting to take its toll? It. Yeah. Okay. It's because you're out of practice. I can't live this way anymore. I know. Huh? It's because you're out of practice. Exactly. Out of practice and have like responsibilities to get done every day. Um, yeah, there's no so, yeah. like lying in bed, eating KFC and watching 90 Day Fiance anymore, is there? Just to get over a hangover. No. No. I mean, there's that, but there's also a little work involved too. So yeah. I'm eating some saltines right now with a cherry Coke Zero, which has quickly become one of my favorite sodas. Get you. I mean, I know that you're a Coke I Zero know. fan. I, I, it feels clear that you need to replace the fluids and the salt. Feels yeah, like that's sure. where we are with you right now. <laughs> that is. It's exactly where we are. <laughs> and that is a joyful place to be. Um, oh, so man. we've got a big lineup this week because... Newsflash, uh, Now TV are now streaming The Hills, New Beginning Season 2, but we are a couple of weeks behind or a week behind, I think. so. It's just one week behind, yeah. So we're going to stick with the UK and we're going to do the episode that the UK gets, which means that if you're in America, it'll be a week behind. behind. Yeah. So. But that's okay. Yeah. The issues are still there. I mean, it's, you can deal with that shit. This is, you know... It's not rocket science. For sure. It's exciting to be able to talk about The Hills again. I'm excited. However, I feel like we just have loads of shows. Kat and I were just talking about, like, we both so many all shows. morning. <laughs> I, like, watched three shows this morning just to, like, be able well, to Well, and it's only 11 o'clock there for you, so you must have got up at, yeah. like, 6 in the morning. <laughs> we need to rethink this. We always recorded on a Friday, but because of the yeah. summer season, it, your boys are home on Friday. So it's, it is what right. it is. But listen, we're going to do our best to get through it all. Before we start, though, can I just um, remind you all that subscribing, reviewing, and rating us is hands down the best way to help our podcast get out there and for other people to find us. So if you haven't, then we would be eternally grateful if you would. Absolutely. And it's really the only place to do that is on iTunes. So just pop over there and do it. Even if you don't listen to us on iTunes, just, you know, yeah, pop over. Unless you're a troll, then you don't need to give us a review. But if you're nice, yeah, go for it. Yeah, if you're a troll or if you don't <laughs> think that we're any good, then just keep that to yourself. Tell your neighbor, tell your husband or your best girlfriend or partner, whatever. But you don't need to put for it in sure. writing on the internet and just saying. No, unless you love us, then go to all of those reality TV groups on Facebook and direct them all this way. Yes, go do that. Um, so, should we kick this off? Because we've got a lot of shows. We do. Let's get started with the Shaws. Uh, where Gigi is having her not sip and see, but it is a sip and see. <laughs> yeah, I feel like she doesn't call it a, simp- a sip and see simply because MJ did. But, it, but, it, but that's what it's called. It's not like MJ made it up. It's like, no, it, it it's is a called thing. a sip and see. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. There's some real pettiness going on in this group. And I mean, the pettiness goes For on sure. and on and on in this group, in this episode. Um, oh. But it, I mean, Rez is really at the center of quite a lot of drama at the moment, isn't he? I, yeah, I feel like something's off with Reza. Yeah. This season. And I don't know if it's just, you know, because of pandemic and because of what happened last season, but he doesn't seem to be in a good place. I don't know if there's something more going on with him and Adam that we are not privy to yet, but it just seems weird. I agree. And I feel like he's very frenetic, right? He's not like taking a minute to think things through. He's being very reactive and he's and he's apologizing sure. but he's apologizing a lot and i feel like we've seen him be a cooler calmer character than this and i'm with you i think that there's something going on behind the scenes that's giving him the willies i mean that 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Excuse the yeah, pun. Not the willies in a good way. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I feel for Reza because he's, he's getting very, very het up very quickly. And one of the things that obviously gets him very het up is the discussion that he has with Gigi about Shams and yeah. that then going up, him then having that conversation with, with MJ. And it's, his his problem is that she didn't mention it. Like they've talked about meeting Shams, and and right. she hasn't said to him. Tommy says no. Right, which I kind of understand. Like I feel like she's just trying to navigate what the relationship's going to be. I mean, they've like just made up. Like it's been two weeks. Like calm, slow your roll, Reza. Like and and I feel like Reza should know that there's lingering shit there. Like if he still if they still have a restraining order against her husband, there's still going to be residual feelings there and I feel like they're not they're now going to have to start addressing those feelings. Like the first couple weeks it could be superficial and they could just be, you know, cordial in public, but I feel like we're now seeing those like inner traumas coming out. I agree. And I think she hasn't said anything like you say, because she's focusing on building a relationship back with Reza. And that's a real, that's going to be a real kind of problem in doing that. So she's just kind of not really wanting to talk about it. It hasn't become a big issue yet because the, the opportunity hasn't yet arisen, but I, yeah. I don't think she's done it out of any malintent. I think it's the opposite. I think she's done it to kind of save Reza's feelings if it doesn't have to be said, then why say it unnecessarily? Um, and I think this... Because well, I feel... I was, gonna just, go I was just going to say, I think this yeah. is an example of why MJ is now so much more mature, so much more emotionally aware than Reza. And I think it's just they're at different levels at the moment. Well, and I feel like this just goes to like Reza's, you know, like frenetic energy. Like he wants to jump right back into this 30 year friendship. Like nothing's ever happened. And it's like, she cannot forget the shit that happened last season. You were very cruel to her last season. And you know, she was equally mean to you as well. However, so she's trying to rebuild the friendship by going slow and making like good decisions and positive interactions where he just wants to like skip all of that, go right back to where they're friends, which is honestly not very healthy. They didn't have a healthy friendship. Well, and you can see that there's still so much under the surface that they haven't dealt with because as soon as a tricky conversation comes up, or right. as soon as a topic comes up that pertains in some way to them, tempers flare immediately. And I think I, I'm with Tommy on this. Like, if somebody had a restraining order against me and the only <laughs> element of control that you had over that kind of relationship was that, I, I think I'd be the same. I'd be like, no, you don't get that privilege if you're not willing <laughs> to hear me and see and understand where I was coming from. Well, exactly. I mean, Shams is half Tommy's. Like, it's not all MJ's decision. It is Tommy's decision. And you've said you don't want Tommy in your life. Well, then you don't get to have Shams in your life either. Like, you don't, you can't pick and choose. Like, if we're going to repair this and we're all going to be a family, then you have to, like, make it okay with all the members of the family. And that's not going to happen while you still have a restraining order against one of them. And there's still no empathy from Reza on on this traumatic birth experience for both of them. Like... People sort of, and I don't mean to like be sanctimonious about this, but if you haven't Mm -hmm. had a baby, it's one of those things that you can never, ever, ever understand or explain. Even if it goes really, really well, it's still pretty traumatic. And for it to go like it did with MJ, Tommy was broke. He was a broken man. And Reza refuses to acknowledge that. He still refuses to acknowledge that he should have been at the hospital with her. Do you know what I mean? It's like... Yeah. There's just such a lack really of empathy. Yeah. Well, and I feel like he's that way towards Mike as well, because I feel like this whole issue between him and Mike is all about how, like, Reza almost wants to prove that Mike is never going to change. And by doing that, it's not really giving Mike the breath to change. Now, I don't know if Mike's going to change or not, but I feel like MJ and everybody else is, like, trying to give him space to grow and, like, you know, be supportive of that. Whereas I think... Reza is not, and I feel like that's where we get, like, the spoof text possibility and 
just all this stuff. And I feel like their fights aren't really fights grounded in like the issues going on today. It's just like years of fucking issues are really coming out in very petty, crazy ways. I mean, like, sorry to just no, ramble, but it. like when Reza tells Destiny, the comment oh, that Vita said, God. like Vita just, that's like a throwaway comment. It literally needed to go nowhere. But like Reza had to make it a point to like tell Destiny and like stir up more, more shit. And it's like, MJ's like, what the fuck? Like, it's just Vita being Vita. Nobody cares. Like, it wasn't why a big did deal. you have to do that? But he did it because he, he wanted to like hurt people hurt people right and i think that's where he is i think he just wants people to feel hurt every now and again and he lashes out because i think he's really really impaired and i do think it's about mj i think he misses her i think he hates the whole situation but it'll it'll be over his dead body before he admits it or that Mm -hmm. or he admits his role in allowing it to get this far for sure and I think MJ nails it where she's like, you know, Reza can't have girlfriends that get along. There always has to be some tension there. And I thought that was really interesting and insightful. I absolutely 100% agree. Reza is territorial as a friend. And he naturally gravitates towards women as his best friend. But he doesn't yeah. like it if they have other best friends. And he doesn't like it if somebody else is trying to be his best friend. Like, he, he, he's one of these people that just needs one person to himself. For sure. It's very, like, mean girl culture, yeah. right? Like, we've all known those, like, toxic girls that won't let you be friends with other yeah. people, like, growing up. And that's for sure what he is. Yeah. Um, and, of course, it's still blowing up with Mike. In, in relation to this, I genuinely don't... Last week, I was like... Mike's telling the truth and Reza's lying. Now, I honestly don't know slash don't care. For sure. You know what? I think if Paulina doesn't have an issue with the text and they've resolved it, then it's nobody else's fucking business about the text. Who gives a shit? Whoever did the texts, uh, their mission failed. So let's just move the fuck on. Uh Uh-huh. I think that wraps up Shaz, doesn't it? Yep. We'll be back after this. While we've got you here, we'd love to talk to you about our brand new Patreon account. Woohoo! It's all the extra content that is not only about reality TV, but all the other TV that we happen to be watching. And if that wasn't cool enough, we also give away a little bit more about ourselves. So there's lots of personal stuff on there too, if you want to get to know us better. So head on over to patreon.com, search for TV My Husband Hates, and all this extra content can be yours for less than a cup of coffee. Or a glass of wine. Whatever you choose. Right, let's get on to Below Deck where we are wrapping up what we both agree has been a fucking fantastic season. I feel like this has been the best season of Below Deck I probably have ever watched. Like the Ooh, right amount of drama. Talk. Yeah, I just think it was like the right amount of drama. I like them not leaving the boat. I actually think it's a more interesting watch to see how they get along in such tight quarters. Um I just think this crew is really cool. Like, I don't know. Well, I think there was a lot more inter-crew sex and relationship stuff than there has been yeah. before, which I think makes always makes for great TV. Um, but I agree. I think it was the right balance of kind of a great crew because it's always nice to see a crew doing a great job. Like, you do for want sure. the drama and the fuck-ups, but you eventually overall want them to do pretty well. So that was great. And... It was just a good vibe. It never got too nasty, but it was always the right yeah. amount of drama. For sure. I mean, we definitely had loads of Sydney drama, which, you know, was epic. It was a bit of a switcheroo because we thought we, it was going to be Gary drama. Like, I enjoyed I it. We had boats crashing, which had ne- we've never seen before. I mean, the season had everything. It really did. And, you know, as much as these crew, these the last charter guest with crew from the next door boat, um, everybody was dreading it. They were super sweet. They all had such a good time. I thought it was amazing. I liked that they weren't dickheads to be dickheads. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, they loved yeah. the food. They were really appreciative of what people were doing. Um, they included the crew. They were very aware of how awkward it must be for the crew and they did everything they could to make them feel comfortable. 
I feel like that's actually realistic. I feel like if a crew was going on and like was gifted a yacht, that's exactly how they would act. They would not be like entitled dickheads about everything because they know what it's like to deal with entitled dickheads. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, this is real. Yeah, for and lack they of a came in. Word. They came in with a really positive attitude. So if they did see anything about the boat or the crew that they didn't think was great, they never said anything. No, they only ever pointed out the great things. And and I think that's a sign of. You know, just a really lovely bunch of people. Absolutely. And I love how Glenn, like, gave them approval for shots, but then spent the whole evening, like, keeping an eye on them so they didn't, like, go off the rails. (laughs) (laughs) I am. I've never been more surprised that Gary didn't go off the rails. I know. I mean, Gary was even, like, serving food. It was incredible. Listen, I'm a Gary fan. Yeah, me too. I'm going out and saying it. I think he's kind of a lovable rogue. Yeah, for sure. I think who, who at the end of the day does really want to do like the decent thing. But when he drinks, he's he, a, he does up. the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we, we see Captain Glenn, obviously he's already asked Gary to stay on to take the boat back to Palmer in Mallorca. Yeah. He also asked Sydney, fair dues. I mean, whatever we think of her on a personal level, professionally, right. she's pretty right on. And then... Weirdly, he asks Ali. I don't know if that's... I mean, I think he needed a stewardess. Yeah, I think he needed a stewardess. Um, I thought it was cool how he was trying to get Daisy another job. Like, hey, I've got a friend that's got a boat that needs this. Like, I thought it was just really cool how... I think he just wanted to make sure everybody had a job to go to. I mean, especially during the pandemic. Like, I think he just wanted to make sure everybody could make more money. And I thought that, that... I just think that's really cool. I think he kind of takes a real fatherly role. Like, he does feel a sense of responsibility to them. And also, this crew really delivered. So, he feels like he wants to help them out in their kind of progression as much as he can. Yeah, it makes me wonder if there was, like, a falling out with, um, you know, the couple that was on the sailing yacht last season? Because they, like, lived on that boat with Glenn. It's kind of weird that they're not still there. Do you know what I'm saying? Paget, Paget, and... I wonder, though, how much that has to do with production choices and casting as much as anything else. Because I think that some of it, I think a lot of people will go up for jobs on that boat. But I would imagine that that production has a say in who's actually cast. Yeah, I wonder if they just felt they weren't right for the role after last season. But they were already on the boat. So they were like, well, we'll we'll see how they do. And Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it was kind of dull. Um and then they go on their night out to celebrate the oh. end of the season. Where Daisy puts her fucking gigantic ass foot in her mouth. Daisy. The, her only saving grace is that she realizes that she should have just kept her fucking mouth shut. Yeah. Yeah. But also, she tells a drunk Ali. Right. Which, <laughs> which isn't great. Ali's very emotional. Uh and it just didn't need to be said. Like, as much as Gary did say that, right? we all know, this was like, we know what, this is drunk Gary, and I don't yeah. think that you can pull up things that have already been done and put away. Right. And just drop that bomb on well, a night he, out. And he didn't do it. I mean, you know what? Like, no. he said he was going to do it, but he didn't. Like, he was just talking shit. And I do love that Colin, like, really was like, dude, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said anything. It did come from me. Like, I think that's what I like about this crew. I feel like everybody is really accountable for what they say and do and own up, their, own up to their shit. And I really appreciate that. I mean, Colin showed such fucking maturity when Daisy was like, I'm really sorry. And he's like, look, I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at me. I shouldn't have told you. And I right. thought, fuck me. Like, it sounds like a simple thing, but that that doesn't happen very often. No, and it's so effective to just be a grown-up. It's so effective. And he just <laughs> went straight to Gary and apologized, owned his shit. Gary was pissed off, and then he got over it. And, yeah, you know, Colin is a babe. Oh, I love him. I do too. He's, He's fit so lovely. As well. He is fit. I like his tattoos mm-hmm. and everything. Me too. Um, and it's also nice to see Natasha and Daisy yes. put, it, put, put their differences aside. Well, I think it's the first time I've ever heard a chef like recognize their faults. Or recognize that specific chef trait that, yeah. there, <laughs> that there is that we see in every chef. 
<laughs> for sure. <laughs> She's like, it's the chef ego. It's the chef in me. And I was like, okay, this is, this self-awareness is great. Very welcome. Yeah. So I'm wondering, I'm wondering how many of this crew we'll see next season on the sailboat. I'd like to see this crew. I mean, obviously some of them are having babies, so they probably won't be back, but it'd be cool to kind of see a crew move on in like a more positive way. Cause we've seen very toxic crews stay together for all the wrong reasons. So it'd be nice to see this crew come I back. I think it would be nice. I don't think it's going to happen because I think because it's such a transient transitional kind of job and people go from season to season, I think what we're going to find is that it's probably a, new, a mostly new crew next year, but we'll see. I would yeah. like to see them come back. Well, I was going to say, I wonder if like Gary will come back. Cause obviously Glenn has really enjoyed having him as like, be the, you know, like some of the yeah, those yeah, main yeah. characters, like, you know, like how Kate was the head stewardess on below deck for a million years because what's his chops really enjoyed working with her, you know? Yes. Um, well, Below Deck is coming back on the 28th of June. Is that right? It is. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so I think we'll see if What's Her Chops is going to come back with Captain... Um, oh, she is. She's on the previews. Oh, is she? I haven't seen yeah. them. Why yeah, have I Malia. forgotten his name? No, it's Captain. It's, it's Malia. No, no, no. Oh, we're talking... The regular Below oh. Deck is not coming back. Below Deck Med, Med is coming back. I'm on yeah. it. I'm back. I'm back on it. I'm ready. <laughs> So it's Malia and Captain Sandy. They'll be back on the 28th. They're there with a new crew. I'm surprised Malia's back after last season. She got herself into lots of hot water. She got very cross about certain things. I mean, I'm glad she's back, but I thought I thought maybe Malia would have gone, you know what, I'm, just gonna fo- I'm not going to focus on the TV side of things. I'm just going to focus on my job and get it done. But she didn't. Well, she's, she's single now, so maybe that's why she wants to be on TV. <laughs> Yeah, well, that, I mean, because we all know that works out really well. People on TV right. often have really long, fulfilling, <laughs> healthy relationships. Or maybe she just wants to have a good time. Who knows? We'll, well see. We can't hold that against her. Um, no. Next, New York. Real Housewives of New York. Oh. Kind of a meh episode. Yeah, I didn't really care about the beauty, the Mm-mm. Halloween, like, pageant. Nope. Didn't Got, give a shit about that. Couldn't care less. Loved uh, seeing Leah, Ebony, and Sonia box with Martin. I think Martin is an unmined jewel in this show. Like, I sure. feel like we need more of Martin. Absolutely. And I love that we're seeing Sonia, I don't know, stop being... Like, I like that Leah and Ebony are really putting an effort to, like, help Sonia's self-esteem and like get her back. No, I agree. And I think it's really interesting that it's those two. I think the older ones are kind of living in this slightly more old school dynamic where you just have the weak person in the crew Mm -hmm. and everybody picks on them and walks all over them. And Leah and Ebony come from a kind of more our generation, I guess, where it's like, no, we're going to raise each other up and we're going to support each other and we're going to do that. So it's nice that Sonia has been kind of welcomed into that because she is a badass. I love her. And she's the only one, apart from Leah, that has shown true and genuine and authentic awareness of what her role in society is at the moment. Absolutely. She's so fucking smart. Like, she just, people need to shut up and listen. She's incredibly empathetic and intuitive. And she, you know... She does get drunk and start getting well feisty, which doesn't help her cause. But I, God love that woman. I love it. I love that she gets feisty about like Ramona posting on social media with an agenda because, you know, that's exactly right. Of course it is. Ramona is so... Oh, I'm trying not to say dumb. I'm trying not to say stupid. She's just out of touch. Like, she doesn't know how to read life. And I mean, with her being a real estate agent, she's just going to offend a whole shitload of people. Well, it's what ridiculous. is this real estate agent? Like, does she need the money? Like, what is Maybe. it? She, I mean, she must do because she's like, oh, I always need to work. Well, you haven't needed to work literally in 12 years. So, well, I think she's been working this whole time. It's just not, not part of her show. Like, it's not part of her storyline on the... um. 
Yeah. Show. But, um, but I, I don't buy the real estate thing. No, I wouldn't I think buy that's a house just, from her. No, I think maybe they're just trying to boost million dollar listings. What, you know, oh. numbers, because well, it's not super interesting. Oh, have you been watching it? Yeah, it's just, it's not. Mm, I haven't gotten I mean, to it. I mean, it's interesting to watch it just for the the houses, but definitely not to like chat about. There's nothing fucking no. earth shattering or interesting. So good to know. Um, we we see that Leah's grandma dies before yeah. she has a chance to get home, and that's really really devastating to hear. I think it's the first time we see real emotion from Ramona. Yeah, I mean, I didn't hate her. I didn't want to punch her in the face. No, no. And I love that she listened to Luann. <laughs> it's like, I'm really sorry you never got to see her again. It's like, uh, that's yeah. probably don't write that. No, um, take a breath, <laughs> relax. <laughs> but before she leaves, she apologizes to Heather. It's clear, Leah is very much hostage to her emo- emotions sometimes. And I yeah. think we can't, as much as I haven't loved her behavior, I don't think we can judge her on this weekend. No, no, for sure. And Heather apologizes to Ebony for the articulate comment. And again, I, I don't like Heather, but I think that's, I think that's an, what's the word I'm looking for? A smart, I don't want to say smart move, but I think that's the right move. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's, it, it was the right call. Like she needed to recognize that she said something really offensive um, and, and make it right. And I think she made it right in a very real way, though. Then she went on social media and like popped off about it, which kind of defeats the whole purpose. But still yeah, not she's a kind fan. of No, me neither. I'm sort of writing her off as well. Um, is she going to be hanging around all season? Do we no, know? Or is she no, gone I now? I think they've, they let her go um, after just a few episodes because she was popping off about that on social media as well. Good Lord. Yeah. Like, if you want to be on the show, then be on the show as a real, like, as, I don't know. Yeah. 100%. I don't really like it when old ones come back as, like, friends of. Like, it it never works. No, it never works. Um, I feel like that's all we've got to yeah. say about New York. Yeah. Maybe oh. That's it. Should we move to the hills? Yes, let's move to the hills, where um, Heidi is getting her vibe on. Getting her vibe on. She's turned up. And being faced with a lot of fucking judgmental people about her drinking. Uh, now, listen, here's the thing. It's, I, I'm all for people being sober. I'm all for people not being sober. Like, your fucking choice. Yeah. I'm not a great fan of the sanctimoniousness that sometimes comes with newly sober people. Oh, especially Brody. You're like, dude, come on. Like, we have a multitude of different reality shows where we all had to watch you being drunken a drunken fool. Like you yeah, need to you've chill been out. sober for three months and all of right. a sudden you're telling everybody else they need to be sober. Like this is the thing when people, I don't mind if he's sober. I don't mind if he doesn't want to interact, but if he's saying you sit down, you're not even making any sense. You're just drunk. That's mm-hmm. not cool. Uh, uh-uh. there was a lot of gaslighting going on there. There was a lot of gaslighting. And, and I have to say, I was not happy with Brody at that point, but the next morning, when Heidi goes to Brody to apologize and owns her shit for overstepping a boundary, mm-hmm. he responds in a really mature way. Yeah. I, I'm, I think if he figures out how to not be judgy McJudgy pants about everybody else's drinking, I can really get on board with this new Brody. At and the I moment, think Aud- he's a... Go on. I think Audrina's going to get on board with the new Brody, too. I think that's going to happen I- this season. I don't blame her. But listen, at the moment, he's a double threat, right? He's really hot. We've talked, like, we've literally drooled down our microphones on this podcast about how hot Brody is. Um, He's starting to grow up emotionally. Can't believe it. But we're still waiting for him to actually get there and start committing and not be sanctimonious. Well, because I think the problem is... But when that happens, I'm leaving Jimmy for him. Yeah, when you're like a sober 40-year-old, you probably don't need to be dating drunken 24-year-olds. Like, everybody's on their own path. You just need to start dating older (laughs) and more like mature people. And I think we'll we'll see Brody come to that conclusion. Um, I don't think Sean is the one for Adrena. I mean, he's always obviously very into her. I think he's a little more into Justin Bobby than her. Yeah, I think... 
I mean, listen, who wouldn't be into Audrina? I think she's knockout gorgeous. She's yeah. really chill. I mean, I think she's got her issues, but she's a sweetheart. She I can't is. blame Sean. No. But it's painfully obvious that there are no feelings in the fanny no, yeah. for Audrina. There's no fizzy knickers. There's no fizzy knickers. She needs someone with an edge. She needs Brody. I think. She does need Brody, but at the same time, I just, you know, you're right. She needs exactly the right balance of bad boy, decent human. Yeah. I mean, Justin Bobby does not fit into the character. You know, it's definitely not him, but I I think it could be Brody. I think. Justin Bobby's a sociopath. Like, that's how I feel about Justin Bobby. Yeah. Could he be any more narcissistic and just a dickhead like the way he treated that whole like golf game how he thought it was funny like that brandon was taking it so seriously but like he was just effortlessly effortlessly cool and still won i was just like he's just mean such a tool if i was brendan watching him in that interview just being so fucking smug i'd be like why am i friends with this wanker yeah for sure I loved Brandon, like, saying he needed to go eat his feelings after that golf game, though. I thought that I was... I know. I feel for Brandon. Sweet little he's boy. He's such an emotional little <laughs> sensitive soul, isn't he? For sure. I love him. What um, do you think of Jason's wife, Ashley? Well, I mean, she's pregnant, so I feel Fair. like that caveats quite a lot of stuff. Um, I feel like she's a bit of a bore, and I feel like she's a bit judgy. Yeah, I, that's exactly how I feel. I feel like, honestly, I would be fine not even watching her on the show. I don't even really understand why she's on the show, other than being Jason's wife, but it's like... Well, I think that's why, right? She because wasn't he's... that exciting last season, either. Like, No, but at least, I guess, because Jason was a little bit all over the place, so she, mm-hmm. it was kind of cool to see how she reacted and still supported and... You know, so there was right. something going on, but unless he's falling off the wagon, she's going to be really dull. <laughs> and I don't mean to suggest that he should for the sake of our own entertainment, but... Right. You know. Anyway, I feel like I'm going to get mm-hmm. in trouble for that, but you know what I mean. Yeah, totally. Um, Beverly Hills? Beverly Hills, which you and I were speaking about before recording and I'm a little bit worried that Erica's divorce is going to turn into the next Denise saga. Like it's just going to draw out for the entire season. I really hate when they tease like the main thing that's going to happen. And then they go back and show you the hours leading up to that, but then still don't show you the action. That really bothers me. Well, and this episode was called something like, two sides of Erica or something. So I was like, yeah. well, this is going to be where we find out the shit about Erica and Tom. She, she and wasn't even in it. It's like to be continued. She wasn't even in it. And it's like, I, mm-hmm. it, I can't do this Denise thing again. Like I need this to kick off next episode. Yeah. Or I'm sure. going to like have a tantrum. Well, it's just going to fizz. It's not, it's going to cease to become interesting because we're getting more news in the news than we are on the show. Yeah. And so what's the point of watching Yeah, by the, the time they show it, it it's all yeah. it's old news by that point. So For you're sure. right, you're right. I hadn't even thought about that. So true. Yeah. Um, so aside from that, other interesting thing, well, interesting things that came up was Crystal admitting to being uh, bulimic. Yes, I think that was really interesting. I, I liked, I thought it was interesting how she kind of explained it later on when she was like talking to Rob and how like, you know, she just always wanted to be like the white American girl with who was skinny and had, you know, blue eyes like we all do. And there's we're just not those people. You know what I'm saying? I thought that was interesting. I, I did have a bit of an issue the way she brought it up, though, to the group. Like, oh, Me I too. lost five pounds on the weekend. And I was like. I am so pleased you said that. OK, because I didn't know if I should, if I was just being like a judgmental asshole. But I was like, I mean, I think you can bring up your eating disorder without essentially blaming Sutton for it. Like, so this is exactly where, this is kind of where I hold back a little bit on Crystal. I feel like she's sort of done a similar thing with Sutton coming into the room and sort of making it into something that it wasn't, that 
she right. pins on Sutton because Sut- we all saw Sutton knock on the door, say hi, how can I come in? She did all of those things. There was nothing mm-hmm. weird about what Sutton did. And I just think she's a little bit, I wonder if she's seeking kind of the victim role sometimes, or I don't know whether that's mm-hmm. it or whether she's just wants some of the, quite likes a little bit of drama that's focused on her. I don't know yeah. what it is, but I agree. It felt a little manipulative the way that it was introduced. Absolutely. And I mean, I think you can talk about your eating disorder, especially in this group, because we've obviously seen a lot of chat around Lisa Rinna's daughter and Kyle opening up last season. Like, we've had these chats on this show before. So I think just opening up and like letting people know about it, but I felt like that transition was really awkward. Like, I don't know if maybe Crystal just doesn't have a bunch of friends and so she doesn't know how to like bring yeah. things up in a group. I don't, I don't know. And so, yeah, it was, it was and just that kind of weird. It. Yeah. That could be just like, she felt like she wanted to let the group know about her bulimia and she thought maybe this is a way to segue into it. Right. And, and when you say that, maybe that was what, it, and she just misjudged it, but um, right. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt based on what you just said. I'm going to say thing. I'm going to go with that. Yeah. I mean, and that could be right. We'll, we'll see, but yeah, I felt like, I don't know. I feel like her holding on to these feelings about Sutton are just kind of a little bit petty. Like I loved how Rob was like, well, I talked to her and like, she was fine. You know, (laughs) like I think maybe you just caught her at a wrong time or whatever. Like I just, I don't know. I don't want this to be like a misdirected feud. No, I get the feeling that once you you fucked Crystal off, it's very yeah. hard to get out of the doghouse. You know, I feel like Crystal knows how right. to hold a grudge. So Absolutely. we'll see. I hope she lets go of it soon. For sure. But speaking of grudge, we have uh, Dorit <laughs> oh, and Kyle in Interruption Gate. I mean, I feel like we're going to be on different sides of the tent here again because we were last season. But I'm still team... Uh, in this instance, I'm oh. team Kyle on this. For sure. I think I think Doree oh, flew gosh. way off the handle. I was like, the fuck? Like, Doree, what I, you're saying is I, not the most interesting all the fucking time. No, and also that's... I mean, listen to us on this fucking podcast. We're both fucking interrupting each other all the time. Absolutely. D- I think Doree has decided this is the thing that she hates about Kyle. She's going to use this to hammer Kyle with every time. Because Kyle's absolutely right. If anybody else had turned around and gone, can I just say, she would never have screamed at them. No, no. I feel like Dorit still hangs on to, like, Kyle's friendship with Lisa Vanderpump. Like, I feel like this is all just old shit that, like, Dorit can't let go. I don't know. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't understand it. It's just like, look, your husbands are best friends. Like, PK and Maurizio are, like, ride or die for whatever reason. I don't get it, but... Like, just stop. Yeah, I, I agree. And I and I really respected Kyle, actually, for taking Dorit aside and saying, "If you can never speak to me like that again. She didn't shout. She didn't get cross. She just laid down a boundary. And no. Dorit did not like it one bit. No, I don't think Dorit is used to having boundaries. No, she's not used to being told... Her that she's overstepped the mark or that she can't do what she likes. And so she just drags PK out and Poor he's PK. Out. He just wanted to hang out with his friends and have a burger. <laughs> she wanted to eat, <laughs> hang out. And he says to her on the way home, I think that might have come across as rude. It's like, how do you not see that, Dorit? Right. It was extremely rude. Even if your parents are in town, it was super rude and abrupt the way you left that party. You were being well, a if dick. Your pa- if your parents are in town, don't just turn down the party. Say, I'm sorry, I right. can't go. My parents are in town. Don't go and or then bring them. use them as an excuse to, yeah, or uh, use them as an excuse to leave early. It's bullshit. No, we all know you stomped off in a tantrum. For sure. For sure. Um, um, yeah. And then we have Sutton's party, which we only got like the very beginning of. We did. But can I just, can I please just bring up Garcelle's comment? Can we just discuss that briefly? Because yes. that yes. was... So, A, it was probably something I would have said. Like, as awful as it was when I heard it, I was like, "Yeah, oh, yeah, I definitely would have said something like that. That For sure. That is 
got my name written all over it. But essentially what Garcelle says is, why did she bother filing for divorce? Couldn't she just wait? And none of the women really get the inference at first. And like there's this moment and then Kyle gets it. She's like, (gasps) and then starts giggling. Because obviously Garcelle's like, I mean, he's 82. Just wait until he dies. Yeah, but he's like a healthy 82. I mean, that's at least 20 more years, possibly. I mean, it's a, it could be, yeah. You can't you bank know. on that. You can't bank on no. it. No. No, but I mean, he'll, I think he'll go to jail before that happens anyways, based on I can't believe he's going to go to And then you see that past footage of him being super charming and lovely, and you're just like, I've never felt more betrayed. I am deeply disturbed by this whole thing. Like, I'm shook. Yeah, because Erica was also a firm favorite. And as out there as she was, I always felt she brought real integrity to the group and checked people out when they lost sight of, you know, their moral compass. And now... And loved her husband and respected him and, like, really, you know, was his wife and played the role that she needed to play in his life, too. And I thought that was something that was really cool to see. Um I don't know, man. It's dark well, I days. haven't seen it, but it's but it, this this documentary that I'm waiting to find out where we can watch it in the UK. It's on um, yeah. Hulu in the states. Um, it's caused a real a real kind of furore, and her attorneys quit the day after it aired. I think that's right, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it I is. Can't and wait I mean, to see there, it. I've I've heard some criticisms of the show itself. Like it's a little bit sloppily put together. They didn't even delve into. I mean, it's only. I mean, you know, it wasn't like a five-hour documentary where they could really get into all the details. But it was just enough. It's not looking like, good, and it's not looking good for Erica, is it? It's looking like no. she knew. Yeah, I think she knew. I'm I'm standing by that. Or she was aware there was a big amount of money being like laundered through her stuff. Anyways, we shouldn't. Or she keep actively going turned a blind eye, which is as bad. For sure. But anyway, right. uh, let's keep going. Let's do final yes. show. We're on the home straight. If you're still here, thank you. Um, although I feel like we've delivered. <laughs> we're doing so really far. well. We're doing very good on time. We are. We're not even at an um, hour yet. We're doing good. Oh, holy moly, we're on fire. Uh, family <laughs> karma. I love this show, but really, I feel all we have to talk about is uh, Vishal and Richa. That's definitely the meat of the show. I mean, Anisha does go on a date, and that's cute. Oh, I thought her date was real cute. I, I also love that cute. they have the same name. I know. Anish and Anisha. It's meant to I be. I like that a lot, for sure. I do, too. And I felt it was a good vibe. There were little sparks. I think it could be good. Yeah, I mean, he passed the auntie FBI test, apparently. <laughs> All I know, the aunties, and I love like, that. dug into his past. <laughs> I love that as soon as she goes into the date, she's on the text to the auntie WhatsApp group going, <laughs> no, to her husband going, she's on a date, I'm trying to hear. <laughs> love it. The way these women communicate through their phones to all the kids just cracks me up. Like, me too. Was it was it Dylan and Anisha in the interview with the producer, and like they're just being bombarded by phone calls from Dylan's mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh my it. god, I love it! I love it. Um, we okay. see Kalpner and Reshma kind of talk out their different. We see Reshma take. A little bit of accountability in the interviews for being quite dramatic. She yes. quite admits to quite liking a dramatic exit. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't? Um, and on reflection, she probably did overreact a little bit. I feel like they could have had a conversation about it, but she she obviously felt she wasn't in the right place, so she left. Right. Well, and I thought it was interesting that they, like, they weren't sure why she left. Like, oh, was it Lopa? And I was like, nothing was even said about Lopa. Everything was fine. Stop stirring the pot with Lopa. <laughs> but I yeah. can't with that woman. We're going to come on to her. But anyway. For sure. Um, glad that, and Reshma's like, of course, we're not going to be friends about this because they're grownups and they just like. For sure. Whatever. I love that kind of friendship where you can fall out and you can have a spat and then you just fucking get over it. Absolutely. It's just normal life, right? It happens. It is. Um, and then, of course, we've got the Vishnu-Richa situation. Yeah, which I thought, 
I'm kind of, I, I liked that conversation between Amrit and Richa because I feel like I now have a better sense of why they've fallen out. And I think Richa just doesn't feel like Vishal has grown up enough to like help plan. Like nothing's happening. Like he yeah. did all this stuff to propose and went over her mom and then like nada. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's, she keeps saying I need him to grow up, but actually what I think she needs him to do is to be more proactive. Like actually just, he's quite apathetic and he gets quite complacent and he just, he's sort of like one of these people that hates the idea of change. So if everything's fine, he's just like, we just won't, don't touch anything, don't move and it'll be fine. Yeah. But she wants somebody who is a bit more driven. Um, she wants to be kept in mind. She just she feels like she's not be kept, kept in mind in because mind. I actually don't think she wants him to grow up, grow up because I think no. she likes his playfulness and his banter and the fun that they have together. She just wants to be kept in mind. Like we all do. Yeah. Agreed. And I think, I, I think we've talked about how we can both see a real change in Vishnal this season. I think he's definitely grown in confidence. He's less. What's the word I'm looking for of a wet, wet. He's less wet. Um, and we see that when he kind of gets, girds his loins and goes to talk to Lopa. Yeah. I mean, I was really impressed with the way he kind of spoke his mind to her. And I think, I mean, she shot him down pretty, pretty quickly, but I mean, yeah, she needs I, to see more of that too. Like he needs yeah. to stand up for himself. She's like, Lopa's like a dog and because they're pack animals, they need like an alpha, right? And at the moment, until Vishnal kind of whacks her on the face, it, you, do you know yeah. what I mean? In like a dog-like way, she's not right. going to back down. So I think you're right. She needs to see Vishnal stand up to her. And I think this is the first time he's done that. Yeah. But I have to say, and I said it to you in, in the pre-production meeting, I genuinely think that the dynamic between Lopa and Vishnal is actually quite abusive. Yeah. Yeah. She's not nice. And I think no. Rich, uh, Richa needs to recognize that. Like yeah. her mom is yes. not in the right. No. And she's just doing this blind loyalty. Well, it's my mom. So of course yeah. I have to do what she says. Well, that is just going to make Vishnu feel like you're not on his team. Like you have to pick a side at some point. And right. And Lopa is, and I think it's fine. It's not nice. Like if we were seeing a man talk to a woman like that, yeah, this it, it would not be okay. No, there'd be like a domestic situation. But I think Vishal is right as well. Like Lopa, uh, Richa needs to be in his corner on this stuff too. Like she yeah. needs to support him and be on his side for some of these things. And I think she is going to find that hard as well because I mean. She is blindly loyal to her mom, but like, you know, when you choose a partner, they get that blind, you know, they get that loyalty as well. And it transfers. Yeah. She's going to need to figure that out and it's going to throw up some weird stuff with the dynamic with her mom too, because her mom's going to feel left behind and, you know, alone. Well, and I wonder if this is actually where a lot of this is coming from. And it's not necessarily, I think Vishnu does irritate Lopa for sure. I don't think he's for quite sure. the man she thought. But I also yeah. wonder if this is about a fear of losing Richer and knowing that she's going to, she becomes somebody else's essentially, because I don't mean that in a man woman thing, but yeah. you know, when you, when you marry somebody, they're your person. Like that's where the blind right. loyalty goes to not blind, but you know, that's where your commitment yeah. is. You have to put your husband or your wife or your partner first. And that's a tricky transition. And I wonder if that's what actually Lopa's reacting to. Absolutely. Because, I mean, we, also, she's a single mom, right? So she has yeah. a single mom with one kid. So it's very yeah. much her and Richa. We don't really hear a lot about Richa's dad or if she even sees him or anything like that. So I think it's going to be especially difficult. I think he ran difficult. for the hills. Yeah, I think it's going to be especially difficult for um, Lopa to have to share Richa. Because she's never had to before. Agreed. Agreed. And I think we're never going to get her to see that. But um, no. But now I'm feeling a little bit more compassion for Lopa in a way that I wasn't before. <laughs> so that's nice. <laughs> little compassion's always nice. What did we think about Amrit's dad taking him to shoot guns, by the way? Oh you and God. I didn't talk about this, but I thought it was hilarious. We didn't. <laughs> First of all, high five Amrit for wearing a Queen's t-shirt to do it. Like a pink 
like he was under he was not going in there to pretend to be a manly man no. he's like have you well, ever shot a gun before i've done laser quest right and like, then that, even his dad was like well i own this gun but i don't know what i'm like i've never shot that gun before like i just needed to have it <laughs> just like oh my gosh I mean, this is mind, I mean, obviously it's a different, but it is still mind blowing to me that somebody can own a gun and not have any idea how to use it. Well, do you, do people have to do any sort of things for hunting guns in the U.S.? Because that's essentially what it is. It's not like a handgun. Uh, I don't know. It's not something I've ever looked into. Yeah. But. Cause I don't, I don't think, I don't think even here, like you don't have to take classes to have like a hunting gun, like you do mm. for handguns, you know, but not for like guns for like sport purposes. Yeah. Anyways. I don't know. I, I thought anyway. it was hilarious the way he was explaining Hinduism where it's like, if you can do it peacefully, <laughs> then that's great. But if not, <laughs> this is Shoot okay. the shit out of them. <laughs> I mean, there's, you, can find a, you can find a justification for everything, right? I mean, that's what religion's really, really good at. Just, for oh, sure. I didn't like that bit, so I'll take that bit instead. No, I love Amrit's mom and dad. I think they're so cute. I love all the mums and yeah. dads. They're all, like, They're great all... parents. They're really, like, into their community. I think it's very cool. I love this show. I do, too. I love it as well. Um, and with that, we are done. That brings us to the yeah. end. That's amazing. We did a great job. We're still under an hour. Look at us. We nailed that. Um, <laughs> if you think we nailed it, then uh, just another reminder to rate and review. That would, that would be great. We'd be incredibly grateful. Absolutely. And I think we've also, uh, just a brief update for you guys, because The Hustler and The Housewife is not available in the UK, we're probably going to push that back on our Patreon for a further month. But what we are going to be doing for our June Patreon is the Keeping Up With The Kardashians reunion. Um, it will only be available on Patreon. So if you want to head over there and uh, whack us some cash, that's going to be the uh, June content. So go check it out over it there. Um, but for now, thank you so much for giving us your time. As always, we genuinely can't tell you how much we don't take that shit for granted. Uh, Not at all. So there is a lot of podcasts out there. And if you're choosing us week after week, then we are incredibly humbled and grateful. For shiz. And with that being oh, said, shiz. remember, uh, smart people watch reality TV too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. The music and production for TV My Husband Hates by Jimmy Sims.